Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 30 through 42. A lot has happened in the interim from our last podcast until uh, this passage. David has run for his life. If we go back, we realize that Saul had desired to kill David, and David's wife, Michael, warned him and said, you need to escape tonight because her father's messengers or her father's soldiers were going to come and kill David the next morning. So Michael devised a plan. She lets David out through the window. Kind of makes you think of the spies in Jericho. There may be some connection there in that story that David escaped through the window just like the spies escape Jericho through a window. And then Michael takes this idol that she had in her home and covers it up and makes it appear that someone is in the bed. And she informs the soldiers the next morning that David is sick and he's in the bed. And Saul commands that they bring the bed to him because he wants to kill David that bad. So David is on the run and David goes to Ramah to see Samuel and there he hides out from Saul. Saul gets word that David is in Ramah at Naoth, there with the prophets the school of the prophets. So Saul sends messengers, that's what the ESV calls them, probably soldiers or assassins to go kill David and Naoth. And when they get there, the Holy Spirit falls upon them and they start to prophesy so they can't carry out their mission. Then Saul decides to come himself to Naoth to kill David, to finish the job on his own. And then the Spirit comes upon Saul and Saul starts to prophesy and acts like a wild man. He's stripped naked. And there's this symbolism here that now when the Spirit comes upon Saul, he's being stripped of his investiture. He is being stripped of the throne. So that's going on in this story also. So we have Saul dead set to kill David. And now we come to chapter 20. There is this new moon festival, this week-long festival of eating and sacrifice. And Saul is expecting David to show up. And on the first day of the feast, Saul is sitting with his back to the wall, and that's for good reason. It's because he would know an assassin could sneak up on him, so he's paranoid at this point. And David decides not to show up. But what Saul doesn't know is David has a plan devised with Jonathan, his friend. Jonathan can't believe he's incredulous, believing that his father really still wants to kill David. And David informs Jonathan, yes, his father really wants to kill him, and Jonathan is telling David or tells David, hey, there's nothing my father uh, doesn't plan without sharing that information with me, and I'm sure my father doesn't want to kill kill you. So David tells Jonathan this, listen, I'm not going to come to the New Moon Festival, and let's see how your father reacts. If Saul really doesn't say much, if he's okay with me not being there, then we know everything's fine, and maybe you're right, Jonathan. But if Saul reacts violently, we know that Saul wants to kill me. Now, David even makes this confession to Jonathan and says, look, if I've, if I've done something that's wronged your house, then kill me right now. I mean, David is really contrite. He doesn't really understand why Saul wants to kill him so bad. David really here shows great character in his interaction with Jonathan. So they form this covenant again. They have made a covenant before, and now they form a new covenant. They renew their covenant promises to each other. So Jonathan is going to go with his plan, and Jonathan devises a plan that David will hide out in the field, and after the third day of the feast, Jonathan will come out, and he'll shoot three arrows. And so there'll be a signal, and if 
He tells the young boy that's going to go get his arrows, hey, they've gone too far. They've gone beyond. That's a signal to David that his father actually wants to kill him. So we're going to pick up, realize this is the second day of the feast. The first day of the feast, Saul uh, just thought David didn't show up because maybe he was ceremonially unclean. So by day two, he's wondering, where is David? Because he wants to kill him at this feast. So he is depending on David to show up to this new moon festival. And so Saul has questioned Jonathan back in verse 27 and 28. Whereas David, Jonathan tells his father Saul, hey, David has gone back to Bethlehem. He actually lies here in this case and deceives his father. Uh, there's a lot of debate about is that really a lie when God's people uh, deceive someone for a good purpose. I'm not getting into situational ethics, but there's a lot of debate among Bible scholars if Jonathan actually sins by deceiving his father here. Um, but you have this Jonathan telling his father, hey, David went to Bethlehem to celebrate the feast with his parents. His father's not happy at all when he hears this. And uh, so now we pick up with Saul being angry with Jonathan. And some of the things he says to him are kind of ridiculous. But we get to verse 30. We're going to read through verse 42. This is the English Standard Version. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your other mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore send and bring me to him, or bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. But Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food for the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field to the appointment with David and with him a little boy. And he said to this boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came back to his master. But the boy knew nothing, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to, said to him, Go, carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both to us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went to the city. So this is a really heart, heartbreaking scene here where the gravity of the situation hits Jonathan. He realizes his father is really evil. His father has disgraced him, and it's embarrassing for Jonathan that his father would behave this way. And Saul has a knack for wanting to kill people with spears. I think we would probably make sure that if I was around Saul, that all the spears would be put up because it seems like every time he gets angry, the first thing he wants to do is pin someone to the wall with a spear, and he tries to do it to his own son. It tells you the depravity of King Saul. Here is his son who's really a good kid, a good guy. Uh, imagine, I, I want to think of what kind of King Jonathan would have been. He would have been a great king, I believe, with his character. His father is telling the truth in some respects by telling Jonathan, listen, 
If we don't kill David, you will not be king. Our household will be disestablished. He even says some horrible things about Jonathan's mother. And really, the Hebrew brings it out a little bit stronger than the English translation does. Uh, he really says some horrible things about uh, the character of Jonathan's mother. And um, Saul kind of shows his true colors here. So David, by the shooting of the arrows and Jonathan's message, realizes that his worst fears are true, that he'll never be able to go back home again, that things will never be the same again, and now he's a fugitive. Now, I try to think of it from David's perspective. Here he is, God's anointed king, and life is not easy. And Maybe we should be reminded of that. Think back in the New Testament when God chooses Mary and Joseph to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of Israel, and their life is not easy. Just think of the, the murmurs and the things people said behind their back about this questionable child, this questionable birth, the birth of Jesus, and they have to flee to Bethlehem uh, for the census when she's very pregnant, and they have to take this flight down to Egypt because Herod wants to kill the Christ child. Sometimes when you're appointed for mission for God, life is difficult. It becomes a very difficult adventure in a lot of ways. So sometimes we endure hardships for the sake of the kingdom. We're told to take up our cross and follow Christ. So sometimes that will be difficult, but God will be with us. And God will be with David. David's life will be difficult. It will be an adventure for sure. But God is with David. And so if you'll look at the Bible, you'll notice this trend that happens in Scripture. And maybe this is this cycle that happens over and over again. You have a time of testing, a time of difficulty, and a time of glorification. And for David, we're going to see that. David's going to have a time of great testing and trial, and then a time of great exaltation. David's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're going to see him fail horribly at times as we push through these readings in 1 Samuel. We'll see a flawed human being who's much like us, has his own flaws. There's a darkness within every one of us. There's sin lurking, the passions of the flesh. And sometimes even God's people are capable of horrible things. So we need to be reminded of that. When we look at this story of David and be reminded of our own frailty, our own suffering too. Many times when God calls us to something and we're suffering, it's not because we've done something wrong. But this is just part of God's plan, and it's God's plan with David. So today, we just present to you this reading, this really sorrowful time where David weeps bitterly because he knows his life is not going to be easy going forward. Maybe you've been in those places before. You've had those days like David where you weep bitterly, realizing everything's about to change and things are not going to be the same, and it's going to be tough. Well, I invite you to go with me uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. Devin and Philip will be together tomorrow for tomorrow's reading. I know they'll do a great job. But I invite you back as we jump into chapter 23 tomorrow and continue with this story of David and Jonathan. God bless.